Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Rosiel and my guest today is Jad Schmelzer. He is the esports director at the Center for Educational Innovation and was a professional baseball player in the Red Sox organization and played professionally in Germany. It's a really interesting conversation I got to have with Jad because he was he went from professional sports to esports and the way he's teaching kids in the inner cities and soon to be national through video games is such a cool concept and it seems very very engaging for the kids through the nba 2k league so i hope you guys all enjoy this episode with jad schmelzer Today, my special guest, I have Jad Schmelzer. Did I say that right? It sounded, yeah. it sounded a little funny off my tongue. Maybe that's me. Director of Esports at the Center of Educational Innovation. He was a Division I baseball player at Cornell University. Ever heard of it? Professional baseball player drafted by the Boston Red Sox and also played in Canada and Germany professionally. Private coach at Coach Up, founder of Athletes Antics and podcast host of the Reaching and Teaching podcast. Jad, appreciate you hanging out with me today, man. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. What a, what an intro. It's kind of cool, right? Like when you hear all the incredible things you did at once, does it like, that kind of makes you feel good, right? Yeah. It's a little wild, a little wild, especially, uh, especially where we're at today. Still growing. Hey man, that's what we got to do. We got to keep growing every single day. You try and get a little bit better. Uh, that's the only way we can really do it. But, um, I mean, I have so many questions about esports, about baseball podcasts, but the first question I have for you and for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much? Uh, it's my childhood. It's, it's, I feel, what kind of brought me to, got me to where I wanted to go. Um, I love just the seeing the physicality of it, um, knowing the, ment- the mental capacity that you need for it. Uh, it's just a combination. It's just a big battle that not everyone can do. So there comes a point when you have to stop and that's the point where you're like, ah, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll uh, get there. That's one of my questions. <laughs> I do. I do want to talk about that. Cause I think that's very important with all athletes, especially when you play at a very high level, such as division one baseball. Um, yeah. but yeah, let's talk about that. What, um, you know, baseball is my favorite sport. You know, so I'm a huge Mets fan, unfortunately. So it is what it is, but I get to, I mean, I love the, the mental aspect of baseball, that's one of my favorite parts. I mean, physically, you know, we, we can make jokes about that all day. But I, I totally agree with you when it comes to the mental aspect. So what was it from a young age, I guess, that, I mean, you were just, you know, again, you don't play Division One baseball by accident. So what were you doing and how, how did you kind of grow up in the game to the point where, again, you could eventually even play professionally? Yeah, so it was just training. Um, you know, things just came naturally. Things just came easier. And uh you know, it kind of got to the certain point where I was just so involved with the game that I wanted to understand every kind of aspect and everything that kind of goes with it. Um, and even to today, like, I still think there's more to learn, but um, it's, um, I, I think baseball is one of the hardest books to, to truly learn because there's a reason why baseball can't produce first round after first round talent knowing what you're going to get because it's, it's a toss up. 
right? That's why the NFL, you have first round talent and you, you're getting some pretty good stuff and you know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it, is, it is. That is a very interesting aspect of baseball that really the MLB network tries to air the draft and like, I watch it. I don't know who any of these 17 year old kids out of like Pasadena, California are, but no. I'm still going to watch it. And it's still, again, it's the, the draft in any sport is just currency of hope at that point. And me being a Mets fan, that's what we deal on over here. But um, I mean, it's definitely interesting to me. I mean, you got drafted. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Were you a Red Sox yeah. fan or are you a Red Sox fan now? Yeah. So I was born and raised diehard Yankee fan. Nice. Um, that is awesome, dude. Yeah, so love it. It's funny. So my uh, my mom is from the Bronx, so obviously she's a big big Yankees fan. And uh, when I got drafted by the Red Sox, the um, the scout was coming over to our house with uh, our contract for me to sign after I've been drafted. And my dad starts taking down some stuff, some Yankee memorabilia stuff. That's so awesome. Like when he when he comes in the house, and uh, my mom's like, "What are you doing?" Like, if you want to sleep in the bed tonight, like, put all this stuff back. Like, um, and of course, so my dad, like, didn't know what to do. But, you know, the, the scout's like, yeah, we have this all the time. Like, it's always either Yankees or Red Sox. Like, so, um, no, it's kind of awesome, cool. Dude. That is a funny yeah. story. I love it. And I, and I apologize about the joke about Cornell. I've been watching a lot of The Office in this quarantine. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you get that ever. Uh, with, uh, uh, with Yeah. All the time. <laughs> That's awesome, yeah, man. That that and Andy Bernard. Yep. So everyone's like, "Oh, uh, you ever see Andy Bernard?" Yep. That's awesome, dude. Look at that. Oh, that's too funny. And yeah, I mean, Cornell is an incredible school, dude. Ivy League baseball. You're not messing around. Getting drafted. That must have been awesome. What um? How did you? Like, at what point did you realize that? going to a division one school and, and Cornell is obviously in another league considering the academics involved, but at what point during your high school career or even before that, did you realize like, all right, this is something that I can really take advantage of for at least the foreseeable future. Uh, my sophomore year of high school. So my sophomore year of high school, when I, I always knew I was good with baseball. Um, and then my sophomore year of high school, I played uh, football. I was playing football my freshman year, but sophomore I got up on varsity and I started noticing. And then it was summer going into my junior year when all of a sudden, like, there was a mailbox full of letters from football schools, like, recruiting me. And that's when I started understanding. I was like, holy cow, like, you know, this is for real. So my parents never took me to any like uh, tournaments or any of those like showcases because uh, I was busy playing football every year. So for me, I went to one showcase in uh, Massachusetts my junior year. Uh, and that was it. That's, that's the only time college coaches ever got to see me. Um, so it's pretty crazy. So I went to one showcase and then all of a sudden from there, I had, you know, over a hundred scholarship offers essentially from like, football baseball all the different divisions like in total so it was pretty wild like just seeing like all these you know schools that have interest and and that's when you kind of know it's real yeah i mean that's a hundred and that that hundred sounds pretty legitimate that doesn't sound too hyperbolistic considering the sports as you said football and baseball as well as the divisions um that number can reach be reached relatively easily but so i guess why 
why did you choose one of the schools you actually couldn't really get a scholarship from? And, and if there's more information behind that, I know Ivy leagues are weird. There's grants, there's a bunch of stuff. If you can explain yeah. any of that, that would be great. Cause we all like to learn, but you pick the one, I mean, it's an Ivy league school. So of course, if they want you, you're going to take it. But if he, like, I don't yeah. know. I'm curious about that. So my mom went to Harvard. Um, so she preached academics. So at the end of the day, you know, I could have gone to a handful of other schools, but like, you know, I, I didn't want to go to Harvard because my mom had went there. Now I look back and I'm like, man, like if I had the opportunity to go, like I probably should have gone. Um, but no, I went year to olds, man, 18 year olds. I, we do dumb shit. I know. Right. But um, no. So when my, when my mom was, you know, explaining, you know, the Ivy league and whatnot to me, I, and I had the opportunity to go there. I was like, Hey, you know, my parents were like, do it like this is incredible it's a, it's a great experience they're like don't worry about the scholarships just go um so it was, it was really them so that's, awesome. that's yeah plus they got to see all my baseball games that's to home yeah yeah so um you know i think that's the one thing that like i really did appreciate about going to an ivy league school being a new yorker is that like my family got to see every single game obviously not the midweek games but the weekends like they were there it's driving distance really really manageable uh, especially when you're in new york you have columbia you have princeton um cornell's not too far away so it's 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 not too bad that is awesome and i actually live no joke probably about 25 minutes from princeton where i'm sitting right now so been on yeah. that campus it's a beautiful place it's it's so nice um there's nothing like ivy school ivy league school campuses there's just something about them um that i really enjoy i've been to cornell's campus as well i have a friend that went up to ithaca beautiful place man i went during the the apple fest if that means yep. anything to you that was a blast apple everything don't know why but they were like raving about it and i was like all right i'll come up it was, it was cool I'll, I'll take it but it was yeah. uh little uh no nah, it was great it was great and um so as you said then getting drafted by the red sox that's a pretty awesome story what was it like i guess getting integrated into the system what what round draft pick were you out of curiosity 49 awesome dude how many yeah. are there 50 i thought so i was gonna say 50 or 51 hey man yeah. at least you got drafted you can say that nobody else can Little little uh, little bar trivia for you, so you could always say I, I'm pretty sure that I'm the last 49th round pick that signed mm-hmm. because I uh, they now they cut cut the draft down to 40. Mm-hmm. So um, so yes, yeah, so I don't know. Maybe that'll win you a, a Bud Light or something. Hey man, and maybe it will. Maybe it'll uh, <laughs> maybe it'll impress one of my friends one of these days. That'd be fun too. But I mean, like, either way, man, I just still think it's. I would love to be drafted in the 49th round of anything ever. So congratulations on that, man. I think it's it's fun. We can laugh about it, but I still think it's absolutely incredible that a, you you somebody wanted to pay you to play baseball, right? Like yeah. think about it like that. It does not get any better. Yeah, for six years. That's awesome, dude. What was it yeah. like? Like how, how long, like six years, what are the systems like? I mean, I've never really got the opportunity to really kind of dive into this with someone before. Yeah. So um, I got sent down to rookie ball. So when I got drafted, I got sent down to rookie ball, basically where spring training is. And you basically live and sleep at the, you know, the spring training facility for the entire time. So you kind of get a glimpse of like what spring training is going to be like. And then the next year I went back, had spring training, which was still like to me, hands down, one of the craziest things to ever realize, like showing up to the, showing up to the stadium, not knowing anything. And then all of a sudden you're like, 
you're a professional now. Uh, so that's pretty crazy. Uh, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, I think the seasons, as you go up in levels and as you get a little bit older, I think you appreciate the, uh, you appreciate like the journey, but man, is it tough. It's a tough one. I could seriously not imagine like what you'd have to go through, especially in those lower levels. Um, double a, especially when the season, as you said, as the season gets like just long enough and the road yeah. trips get just long enough, you're like, I really love this, but man, riding around on a bus all day is only so fun. Yeah. So, and also your the, the thing too is like as you're as you're playing like you know with with the expectations of obviously getting paid and like moving up the ranks and whatnot, man, it's tough when you're not making much money on the road and it's like you know long and you're sitting on a bus for like eight hours and you're like ah, oh. but then again, it's your dream job though, right? So it's like it's how do you juggle it? That's it. You're you're much better suited to answer that question than me, man. I just think again, it's so it's so cool that you actually got paid to play baseball. Like, I mean, like if I could do anything on planet Earth and get paid for it, is to be talk about baseball. Yeah. Um, but until then, I mean, number two, it probably would have been if you asked like seven year old Mike, he would have said play baseball, hands down. Yeah, yeah. Well, so we grew up during the base. We do. We grew up literally during the best baseball era, mm-hmm. and. I know everyone's going to be like, that's ridiculous to say, like, what about this year? What about, what about these guys? But the sport in general with the ability for marketing, like Disney, Disney crushed it for baseball because they made movies after movies. Think about Sandlot. Mm -hmm. Think about Sandlot. Think about major league, like rookie of the year. Like think about all of these old baseball movies that were during like this when we were growing up. So I think that's also what made us feel so invested in wanting to do this and like wanting to chase that dream, getting paid, you know, $1,200. Like I'm going to do it because of those like movies. I love um, it. And that's what kind of brings you back to like that original is right. Like that's that feeling. That's that like, that's why, that's why all the guys drive and do what they do. Um, so it's kind of cool. Yeah. Nothing like it, man. And you did that for six years. At what point, like what was, what was, when did you kind of know the end was imminent, I guess, for a better question? Like, at what point are you just like, all right, you know, maybe one more season, uh, maybe one more season. Like how, how did that kind of, how did that part go for it? Yeah. So it came down. I probably realized my fourth season. I was mm-hmm. probably like, all right, that's it for me. Um, and then my parents were just like, ah, just do one more. And I was like, all right, like for them, like they still got to go to a lot of games. Um, and I was like, all right, I'll do one more. I'm still enjoying it. I'm having fun. Uh, for me, I also had a baseball business. So I was coaching kids out in California. So I was like, all right, like, I'll go back. I'll go live in California for, for a time. Like, I'll coach kids. I'll, you know, uh, I'll go to the beach. I'll hang out with friends. Like, I'll do it. Like, it could, could be worse, right? Yeah. Um, and then I realized at that point, I'm like, all right, like, velocity is starting to go down it's tougher to recover like i used to be able to get back and ready to go in like a day now it's like two and a half days and i'm like oh so yeah that that's kind of when and then after after i realized that i was like all right let me just enjoy it so i went out to germany and i was like i'm just gonna try it see how i like it and then call it quits after that 
that's awesome man i mean what just <laughs> hey i'll just go play in germany why not i guess in the in the red sox system who did you play with and i mean you were there for a while so i mean over five years i'm sure you saw a couple of the guys that are in the major leagues now yeah i mean basically like it feels like everyone in the everyone on the roster will the the pre-traded roster that, mm-hmm. that blew up but yeah i mean i i joke with everyone mookie betts was my second baseman <laughs> <laughs> I remember we were actually, um, I remember we were actually out in, I forget where we were, but we just picked up McDonald's and we were walking back to the bus and Mookie like had like three balls, literally like just warning track bombs, but it like off the bat, it cracked and you're like, that's out of here. And all of a sudden the outfielder goes back, tracks it and catches it like right at the fence. And I remember Mookie's like, dude, I'm crushing these and nothing is happening. And I'm like, dude, you're like 19 years old. <laughs> like, oh, man. you'll be good. And then it's crazy. Look at him now. Yep. It, you're like, like, holy cow. But, um, but yeah, like, and, and Mookie too, like I, I bumped into Mookie, I think it was like three years ago. Like I was, I was doing some random trip down in Florida and I popped into the I popped into the spring training f- facility, and this is before like Mookie like made it big. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen him in like years. Still the same guy, That's like awesome. literally still the same exact guy. So um, it's pretty cool. That is fantastic. It's always nice to hear you know the people that we see and and talk about and enjoy watching on TV. They're they're good human beings, and nine times out of ten, I would say all of the ones I've met, all just great people just all really yeah. nice people but i think that that is awesome and also it sounds like do you just get like free roam of the spring training center like uh, does that does it work like that because if so man I'll, nah. I'll fly down to florida with you anytime you'd like that's fine <laughs> no nah, i wish they probably don't even remember who i am anymore uh but no i think at that point i hit up the uh i hit up one of the clubhouse guys and i was like hey man i'm just in town want to say hi and uh so through him he kind of he kind of like led me in and then all those guys you played baseball with won a championship. Some of them got paid. I mean, Mookie, oh. do you know essentially everybody on that team? I'm assuming, right? Like Devers probably. Did you know was he in the system at that point? Really? Because he was yeah, still young. Yeah. yeah, I think he was. I think he was in the Dominican League. So, okay. so the moment I realized I was in a little bit of trouble was when. Um, do you know who Frankie Montas is? I think he was with Oakland uh, this year. Yeah, Oakland. Then he got popped for PEDs, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. yeah. So. F- Frankie, uh, we're in, where are we? We're in Brooklyn. We're in the, at the Cyclones field. And we've been hearing all about this kid down in the, in, in rookie ball. That's been like popping a hundred, hundred, hundred. And I was like, normally a lot of the Dominicans, sometimes they like jacked up the the numbers on Uh the charts. Um, so like, you never know, like you just, you're tracking it. And he comes up and he's like this like 16 year old Dominican and he's a thick, he's a big, thick human being. And I'm like, this is the kid warms up and I'm sitting in the bullpen as he throws his first ball. It is like the loudest explosion out of the glove I've ever seen. And I'm like, Holy cow. I cannot wait for this kid to get on the mound. And literally he gets on the mound uh he gets on the mound i think he's like 101 100 oh. 101 and i'm like i'm done like all right yep 
Sounds good. I'm like, yeah, like if this kid's 16 and there's more of him coming and like. <laughs> there's more of them coming? Yeah, you're, you're kind of. And, and all of a sudden now you have guys who are the first rounders from, from college that are, are right there. And I'm like, man, I got a stiff competition, right? So it's like you're always having to like watch your back because all of a sudden somebody else is going to pop in. So um, it's a tough, it's like, it's, it's, it's a tough one. That, I mean, that's, that's an awesome story, man. Thank you for that. And yeah, just knowing all those guys. And again, just understanding they're still really cool people too is pretty great. And I guess then what was the, what was the decision to go and play in Germany? Was it just like, Hey, I want to mess around and live in Germany for a year. And if I guess I'll play baseball, I'll play baseball. Yeah. Yeah. It was basically like, I never got to go. I loved, I loved like culture. Um, I love being overseas and, uh, I was like, if, if I'm basically going to get a free ride to go over there, get paid a little bit of money and I could still travel um, competition wise, it's not as competitive, but I know what I need to do to get ready to be able to compete. So it was only once a week. It wasn't, it wasn't everyday grind. So it was one of those, like, let me go experience it. Let me travel the travel around the, the, the world a little bit and, and see what happens. That's awesome, man. Good for you. I mean, if everyone has that opportunity to do something they love, get paid to do it and then travel on top of it. Sounds like a, sounds like a jackpot to me, man. And uh, again, that extra year, once a week, that doesn't sound too bad. That doesn't sound too bad at all. No, that's why a lot of guys, a lot of guys kind of end their careers out there because it's like, why not? Like, yeah, hang out for a year, maybe two, if you really like it, maybe a little bit longer, but that's, that's just a great way to do it. And then I guess, what was it like? So it sounds like you kind of came to grips with leaving sports, you know, still while at the Red Sox. And then you, you kind of made that decision to do that, like semi-retirement almost over in Germany for a year. What was it like when you finally, you know, put the glove and the ball down you're like, all right, this is, you know, competition outside of, you know, a rec league in New York city. It's pretty much it for me. Um, like mentally, how did you like kind of cope with that? I mean, you know, you played this yeah, for your entire was, life at this point. Yeah, it was tough. So I didn't, I didn't really watch baseball that much. Um, I, I stopped playing. So actually this, this uh, summer I was looking to get back into playing. So there was like a complete halt. I actually stopped working out for a bit. Like it was really tough because it was, it was obviously, it was something I did every single day. And all of a sudden, like, boom, it came crashing down. And like, that was it. Um, so there's definitely a little tough, but the best part was it was literally coaching kids. Um, cause I felt like there's so much knowledge at the top of, of baseball, professional baseball that like, it doesn't, it doesn't come down. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why for a long time I was just coaching kids and like, that's all I wanted to do. Um, and then like started, I, you know, I worked for a company out in California that had angels tickets. Uh, all right. and I, I basically became like an angel season ticket holder because nobody from the company wanted to go. So they always gave me tickets. Nobody wanted to go see Mike Trout. Nobody. Oh goodness. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, so that's when I started getting back into, into baseball, but, um, yeah, it, it, it was kind of a rough road back because of like, you knew what you did and like, Obviously, seeing all the guys win the World Series was incredible, but it's also like a weird feeling to be like, I was right there with, like, I was literally running on the same line as those guys. And then you're like, damn, they just won a World Series. 
like yeah like that bittersweet like you're happy for them but you're also kind of pissed you aren't there yeah it was like what did i what didn't i do or or what could i have done better and then all of a sudden you're like that's it like it was just the luck of the draw like you 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 didn't get you didn't get there so you can't kind of think back at it yeah man it keep going no, no, but it, it, it's such an awesome feeling, though, knowing that you know those guys and, like, the work that they put in. That's, that's the thing that I don't get, I think. I think people don't appreciate enough is, like, when you actually have been with that guy, like, working out and, like, seeing the, the effort that they're putting in. I, I just wish baseball could show that, like, a little bit more. Because um, you don't really see guys working out. Yeah, you see guys maybe hitting in the cage, but, like, like hard knocks – for baseball like but but then spring training would actually have to become like serious <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's what, maybe like the uh the amazon tv show right where they follow uh, i think all or nothing where they follow a team all season i'd yep. watch that show me the angels show me i mean shoot show me like the royals or the tigers i'd still watch that no offense to those guys but they're yeah. much better at baseball than me i mean you know you lose 100 games you lose 100 games but i mean i'd still watch it yeah no i agree Maybe that's something. Maybe I'll cut that out just in case so we can kind of keep that one in our back pocket when everything starts back up. Maybe you and I could do something about that. Because uh, hey. that's one thing I talk to, you know, people in baseball, whenever I do get the opportunity to talk to someone like yourself, or I actually got the opportunity to talk to Mark Simon a couple of weeks back. He was incredible. And that's always one thing I talk about is MLB sucks at marketing their players. The worst. And we saw spring training. They did like, what, three or four games where people were mic'd up. And that's all everyone talked about. I was like, wait, Chris Bryant's hysterical. Freddie Freeman is incredible. You have all these personalities and they're right there and they just like kind of hold them behind this like weird veil. And like, I understand it's 162 and like 180 whatever days and it's, it's ridiculous, but there has to be more ways to start marketing these players because I want to, A, I want to see them, but B, yeah. so does everybody else. So like they're there yeah. for the taking. I don't get it. Yeah, I mean yeah it's 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 simple let let the players be i mean look at yasel Pui. like that guy loves baseball right and you're telling him hey please stop please slow like come on you're you're pissing people off because of how much you love this game and they're telling him like shh, like shh. but then you have guys but like mike trout though is like a really like easygoing guy mm-hmm um but then you have some guys that are on the team that are absolute like pranksters and hilarious um even those guys like there there's some really funny stories like from baseball and like it's just a it's a unique collection of of players that are coming together for a very long extended period of time yeah so you get so you get to bond you become a family so it's like let's show people that why are you trying to make it seem so professional it's not right. a, it's not a business anymore the managers wear uniforms dude like come on yeah let's let's enjoy ourselves a little bit like that is it's it's so frustrating to me because i want to see the game expand in all ways shapes and sizes because i want more people to play it because when you have a bigger player pool there's going to be better players and the game's going to get better and more people are going to watch it. it's this obvious cycle that that's just kind of we all know how it works but for whatever reason MLB refuses to uh, to do that. So again, maybe I'll cut that entire part out. You and I could talk about that, and uh, you know we'll try and put something together there. But I so after baseball and, and doing some stuff in California, hanging out there, getting to watch Mike Trout. You know, lucky you. Um, how did you how did you come across esports, and how did you kind of start to get into that field a little bit? 
Yeah. So, um, I wanted to, so being a private coach, you could only really impact so many kids at a period of time. Um, and I was a big gamer growing up and I really started thinking about it and I saw the popularity. So as I was working at this advertising agency, I saw where money was starting to go and I saw what was starting to happen. The NBA just put out their own video game league and I'm like, that intrigued me. Um, and I just said, I was like, I, I know how to coach kids. I know how to coach sports. Um, I know what kids want and I know what to kind of give them to make them kind of feel and understand things better. Um, so I said, I'm going to put an educational program together, but also attach it to the NBA 2K game and try and teach them basketball, but also teach them stuff about the esports industry at the same time and give these kids opportunities to realize like, Hey, like if I actually do well in school, like I could go, I could go be part of this. Um, so, so yeah, so that's pretty much how it kind of, it all started is, you know, I wanted to do this for baseball, but baseball only was on PlayStation. Um, and obviously NBA 2K is on Xbox and PlayStation. So I was like, I could impact more kids this way. And plus basketball is a huge brand. Um, it's a huge, like the sport is everywhere. And especially in New York city. I mean, it's the Mecca, right? So hmm. if I'm going to go start up, if I'm going to go start a program, like the only place to do it is, is in New York. I love it, man. I think it is, it is fantastic. So you started this idea and you put together this program. So the do you did you create the center of educational innovation uh, or did you kind of attach this to what that is did they see what you were doing and say hey man this is pretty darn cool let's talk about this yeah so cei it's, it's a 30 year old uh nonprofit organization um so they've been around and they came up as a think tank and now they're coming back as a think tank so um you know i kind of pitched this idea to michael and and uh, michael's our ceo and he kept hearing about esports, and he's like, "You think you can do it?" And I'm like, "Hey, give me, give me two months, give me three months. Like, let me, let me try it." And uh, we, he got me a school. We we put it together, and all of a sudden, it went from two schools in July to having twelve schools right now, and potentially now expanding into across the country uh, with a digital platform. That's incredible, dude. That was quick. That's a quick turnaround. Good for you. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's crazy, but it's a lot of work. But at the same time, it's pretty exciting because of the opportunities. Um, so now, you know, instead of me coaching my 30, 40 kids out in California, you know, I've already impacted three, 400 kids in, in the Bronx and Brooklyn. So, so what exactly? Like, Keep going. Yeah, so it's just a bigger... It, it's for me, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm impacting way more than I could have ever done on, on my own. Exactly. A hundred percent. And we get to, uh, I'm assuming we get thank BAM for uh, only having uh, the show on PlayStation and not across all platforms, but that's another conversation that we can get into later. Um, what exactly, so, so you said you're teaching them about basketball, you're teaching about the M NBA 2K, the video game, you're teaching them about esports. but like, I guess concrete, like what exactly does that mean? Like, how does yeah. that work? So we, we've broken down the lessons into, uh, we've broken it down into three components. So the first being um, the educational stuff. So we're talking about different career pathways in the, in the video game industry, 
then we kind of lead into the next one, which is what we call like the e-sporting mind, uh, which goes into like social emotional skills, character development, life skills. And then we go into the gaming, but it's not like we're just letting them go play. We've put, we've put things behind it. We've put an actual practice plan together where we have the kids practice. It's not like they're just playing and they're like, they're, they're, you know, just hanging out. Like we actually have them doing things. We have them competing against each other. We have them learning different positions and different players. Um, so that's the whole point of like, we wanted to educate them because for some of them, they have it at home, but they can't, they don't know what to do. So they just go online and play aimlessly. But here there's actually a purpose and there's a reason and there's a drive. Um, so it's pretty cool. And I think, you know, obviously, as you said, you've been coaching kids for a long time in the sport of baseball. How easy was it for you to kind of make that transition to just still coaching and teaching, but now in kind of in a different way? As you said, you were a gamer for a while, but I still feel like there has to be a little bit of a uh, learning curve for you as well, right? Yeah. So the, the, the biggest thing, like I don't play 2K as often as everybody else. Um, but the thing is, is the kids know a lot already going into it. And then we have, we have our, our, our employees that go out there, our gaming coaches, who actually know a little bit more than them. And so it's like, it's, it's just tr this true experiment where we're just letting them be, be free. Um, and it kind of breaks the traditional sports where it's like, practices are so organized. Parents are telling you what to do. You have to do this. If you don't do this, you're da 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 where for us, it's like, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to work on this today. Try and get better. Like, just try. Um, it's kind of like the hippie way, right? Just, Love just it, do yeah. it. Let's try it. See what happens. And then one kid shows the other kid, and the other kid now gets it because now they're talking on the same language. Um, and it's easier because the same language is moving a button or a joystick instead of actually physically having to go through uh, because coordination is is a different, whole different ball game. Different for everybody. I I remember that. Like it was so weird growing up, just being like, "How are you incapable of throwing a baseball? Like, what are you doing? Like, why can't you?" And then jokes on me because I could never shoot a basketball. And I'm sure other people were like, "What the hell? You look ridiculous." But that's a that's a whole other story. So I guess you know I think that is it's super interesting how you went about it because so many kids love playing video games already as you said it's not like they're coming in there with zero knowledge of the nba or nba 2k i'm sure they've played in some capacity before yeah. how like what are some of the successes you've seen you know when it comes to that kind of you know that three-step plan that you've had like what what are some of the successes you've seen i mean in less than a year at this point since july you said right yeah so we we've seen we've seen already from the from building the community together the kids love this like literally like they don't want to act up at school because they know what they're about to go attend um so it's it's one of those situations it's really tough to put a number on it because we haven't really been touching the numbers as much um but all the kids like can't wait for it all the kids like want to do this like um so that's kind of like the cool that's like the cool part about like letting it kind of seeing it grow as as we go is like the kids are teaching us like they're telling us what what they want and what they want to learn and then we just kind of adapt to it we we kind of um we, we figure out how to do it in the most appropriate way 
And so why did you do this with 2K, NBA 2K, and not, like, Madden? Like, I know you said you wanted to do it with the show, but you, you couldn't. But, like, so why not Madden, just out of curiosity? Was that a thought? Yeah, because the 2K League basically had an arena. And Madden, the Madden circuit, they don't take it serious enough yet. So um, I saw what the 2K League invested. I, I saw what 2K invested into the league. Um, I saw what the NBA invested into the league, and I was like, if I'm going to go down on the ship, that's the ship that I want to go down on. Um, and and it, it seems like it's working out so far. Like, the kids like it. Um, I'm trying to bring exposure to the league, which I think I'm doing a good job in the city because none of my kids knew about the league before we go into the classroom. Um, and like now what's going on, obviously we're all kind of stuck in quarantine. I've watched, I've never, I downloaded Twitch. I now have an account and I've watched, I don't even know how many hours of NBA 2K league that's been on. I think they have a three, three tournament. Um, they have a lot of stuff going on, obviously a couple Saturdays ago, if I'm not mistaken, I don't even know the days don't make sense anymore, but, um, they had all the NBA players playing each other in 2K on ESPN for like 12 hours or whatever it was they had. Yeah. Like if you told someone that, if, if I told you that, you know, in July, this would be happening. I mean, obviously there's some weird circumstances why it's happening, but it's just crazy to think where that, you know, the NBA 2K league and really the game itself and, and esports has really been yeah. able to get to and the height that it's been able to get to in a really short period of time. Yeah. I mean, this is the perfect storm, right? Like, for the NBA 2K League, who is struggling to, to really get viewership and get pull, um, now all of a sudden your, your partner is, is throwing a tournament with the same game and people are getting more invested in the game because of that. Um, so it's kind of cool. Um, I, I think really with, with that in mind, like, you know, for us, it's like, hey, like, let's use that. So... You know, we've been talking about this. Whoever, whoever, I guess, makes it into the quarterfinals, um, like we're thinking about trying to find, hey, how can we give the program to 10 schools in, in your neighborhood or whichever neighborhood you want? That would be sweet. Right. So, like, you know, let, let's get the program out there. If, if we're converting it to digital and we can't be in the classroom with the kids, like, hey, let's go impact more kids. Let's go, let's go get this thing out there. Let's get, get kids playing 2K. That is fantastic, man. And again, I think it's, it's cool the way you're going about it. Cause as you said, the, the game is the last piece of the puzzle. Like you use the game to achieve the first two parts. Um, yeah. and then it's then that third part of, Hey, let's actually get good at the game too, by the way. So that's always fun too. And again, I'd rather learn through a video game than I would yeah. through someone lecturing me, you know, at, when I'm in, you know, whatever grade, any grade pretty much. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, hold on one sec. And so with, um, with that in mind, so what exactly, I know you put together the, the EDU league, which I think is uh, pretty spot on. I have to assume it stands for something like educational, maybe. I don't know. That's just me. Um, but what was it like kind of putting that together and what exactly is it and how have you allowed these kids to utilize this league moving forward? Yeah, so the EDU League was actually – so we were going to be launching it next – we were going to be launching it next fall. Oh, okay. Um, 
Yeah, so we were relaunching next fall, but what happened was we tested it out this um, this past fall with with four schools. So we trained, we basically took our program into these four schools, we trained them, we worked same thing, same schedule, everything um, with them. And then at the end of the event, at the end of our, our you know, uh, I think it was eight weeks, we took all the schools together and we had them compete and we see, we, we did battle the boroughs. Um, so originally that was my idea for the EDU league, but I was like, I don't want to start a league with kids competing against each other until I know that there's, there's, they're going to like it. Right. Mm -hmm. So we had to do, we had to use that, that kind of the NBA 2K Academy to kind of test it out. Mm -hmm. Um, So now it's kind of like, you know, if if things go back to normal in the fall, um, we'd like to try and figure out a way to get in there with the schools and and run it. Um, And if not in the fall, then, then maybe in the spring, that gives us a little bit more time and, pair it up with the actual 2k league itself that is pretty awesome great idea too i think that's that's fantastic and how um so we we, we i guess you know my, poor poor questioning on my side so how do you actually get into these schools like what is what are those relationships look like and how do you actually get into the schools to just even present this type of an idea because i'm sure the old people in the board on the board and the principals really have no idea what the hell's going on and they probably are like what are you talking about yeah. So through CEI, they have the network um, to really kind of reach out to the principals. Um, and that's where they just pitched this idea. They, they, uh, they kind of give me the, the platform to, to go meet the principals. And it's interesting because the principals actually aren't like what we all think, right? Everyone thinks it's going to be so tough because this is an old school principal, but realistically they they want their kids to do better right they want to do things for their kids um so it's kind of nice in that sense where it's like they they kind of get it they, they've seen it on tv they've heard about it so it's, it's really like when, when i break down what we're doing and how we're doing it and when they hear it from the other schools who've already done it um that's where it's like the reassuring thing for, for them and that makes sense again like i'm sure as you said they want to help their kids and they know they're all playing video games in some capacity or at least most of them are anyway so you're telling me we can because as you even said before you know they're being more well behaved in class because they know what's coming after class and it's something that they kind of look forward to to keep you know all of that in line so i'm sure the principals and everybody are for it i was just curious again kind of the the method of going about it with through an nba video game is probably very foreign to them so they wouldn't be totally on board at the beginning but if you say they are man i have to believe you but 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 this is the difference right it's it's not that i'm trying to pitch them league of legends it's not like i'm trying to pitch them overwatch or Fortnite. where like they probably like trying to explain those games um trying to build that that doesn't participate in esports um, but trying to pitch them on NBA 2K, which is a basketball game, so it's basically virtual basketball. You're talking this, like you're talking the same lingo. Um, and then on top of it, you know, like you know, if they have a basketball team, it's like, hey, how many kids are in your basketball team? Twelve, you know, maybe ten. I'm gonna have thirty in my NBA 2K program, right? So it's like now you're reaching so many more kids that couldn't play that game but they still enjoy it. So like now you're giving them a space and, a, and an outlet to, to, to want and do something. So 
you know, that's potentially 30 kids that, that we may impact more from the school. Um, and, you know, they enjoy it. They like it. And so how, um, how did the kids play the game? Do you guys provide, is it on computers? Is it like in one of their computer labs? Like how, how does providing and playing the game work? Yeah. So we actually go into the school with a little like gaming briefcase. Uh, we go into the school with a gaming briefcase. We have about five or six of them. Uh, we set it up. We go through our PowerPoints on the smart boards. And then we go right into, uh, we go right into gaming with them. And uh, it's a very easy version because all you need is a power strip. We plug it in and that's it. The kids are off and playing. So if we don't provide, if we don't provide this for the schools, the publishers aren't, the leagues aren't, um, you know, the play VS, the high school esports league, like they're not providing anything for the schools. Like we're actually going in and like showing them and like, like, Hey, like this is what it is. This is the future. And, and if they want to buy in and adapt to it, then they slowly do it. Uh, but trying to tell them like, Hey, this is what you need. You got to do this. It, it's, it's tough. So we just kind of educate them and we show them what, what's the opportunity and, and what they need to do and how they need to do it. And if the kids will even behave and do it, right? You're, you're trying to tell a school, I need you to invest $15,000 into this equipment when you don't even know if the kids are going to behave better. So that's where we're just like, hey, we'll take care of all that stuff. Like, just show up, like have them show up and play. That's awesome, man. I think that's such a great idea. And again, I, I, that's why I was very excited to get you on. Um, all that other baseball stuff was just kind of for me, honestly. The re- This part was for everybody else and kind of learning about what you do, I think is very important um, and getting people to understand. So how, so as you said, like now you're trying to go virtual with some of this. Currently as it's set up, how many schools do you have and how do these schools, like do you have like coaches for these schools and then you're kind of the, you know, the umbrella, just making sure everything's going correctly? Yeah, so I have um, I have four guys underneath me that are actually the coaches that go out to the schools and, and they run it. Um, so when it was only four schools, I was actually in the classrooms, like running the whole thing, like bouncing around and, and doing everything. So it was pretty exhausting. Like I wouldn't get home until 10 o'clock because if we had the school out in Brooklyn, like it's like a two hour commute home. Um, but it was worth it, though. So. Um, but yeah, so they go out to the schools, they coach them up, um, they play the game, they play with each other, they play against each other, they learn from each other. So um, it's a pretty cool environment. I was actually telling, uh, I was telling one of my friends today, um, I sent them our Twitch page, uh, I had them, I had them streaming. And I was like, how awesome of a job is this that these guys get paid to play video games right now during a quarantine? Um, they were doing it anyway right but, it's not like right like they were gonna do exactly. it anyway and and that's the cool thing is like you know my guys my guys do a heck of a job and and really like the program got to where it's at because like we've 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 had the right guys underneath us helping us with the kids uh because at the end of the day if the kids don't like the program right like we're not gonna we're not gonna get bigger we're not gonna grow um, so getting these guys to be able to deliver the program and actually teach the kids and get them better. Um, I mean, realistically, Hey, I want to put, I want to put a kid from my program into the 2k league. So 
that's 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 the goal. That's the dream, right? Creating the pipeline. It's the same thing as as the minor leagues in baseball. That's all I'm doing. Look at that. I'm helping helping create the pipeline for for these kids to actually be like, hey, like let me go do that. That is awesome, man. I mean, again, just coming full circle there. I think that's fantastic, but it's just such a, just a cool way of going about it. And yeah, the NBA 2K league is, you know, as you said before, it was, they're looking, they're getting more viewers now, especially, but I, it's well on its way. I mean, it's, it's still in its infancy. It's only a couple years old, if I'm not mistaken. So it has a while to go. And, you know, with the league's support behind it, and now all these teams are getting their own league. So, like, I know the Wizards have a team, and now they're getting some professional athletes and some celebrities involved. And, of course, the NBA is just progressive and ahead of everybody else when it comes to that stuff. Surprise. Um, but I just think it's, it's such a cool idea and how you're doing it, man. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. And Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, it's a wild one, especially, like, today I just read Jimmy Iovine invested in FaZe Clan. And to me, like, I think Jimmy Iovine is, like, like one of the greatest minds uh, out there. And for him now to buy into FaZe Clan, it's, like, it's kind of like, holy cow, like, this, this, this bet of mine is, is kind of paying off right now. Like, I, I got into something pretty early, and, and it's, it's, it's working. And then now, cool. so as you said before, you're looking to take this uh, virtually so it can go nationwide. What exactly – does that kind of look like in your brain currently? Cause obviously I assume it's not happening unless you guys have test test runs. Like what does that look like? And how do you keep that same lesson plan and everything, even if someone's not physically in a room? Yeah. So we're basically, we're basically taking our, we're, we're taking the PowerPoints and lectures that we would give the kids and we are just having our guys record over it. Um, so instead of like putting up a PowerPoint for them to watch on their own, we actually have our guys as a YouTube video for them to click and actually watch all the way through and pause it when they want and finish it when they want. Um, and then we follow it up with questions and quizzes and kind of like interactions. Um, and we're using Google classroom, like the kids are already on Google classroom. Um, so that's what we're using, push it out there. So they already, they're already familiar with it. And um, it's, so far, like we're, we're testing it out right now. We're putting it all together. But uh, the only downside to this is the one biggest fear that I always had with this is the kids that don't have consoles at home and the kids that don't have the money to get 2K20. Um, so maybe, you know, those are the kids that are going to get left out because they were actually the ones that were participating in the classroom and having a blast. Uh, but now they can't do it at do you, home. Do you see there, is there a way to kind of get around that? Like, is there a way to have like remote workers? I mean, obviously every single school across the country would be very, very difficult, but I mean, if this isn't in demand enough, right, there, there has to be some sort of opportunity. I'm assuming you guys are thinking about. Yeah. But, but the, the thing that's tough is, is the equipment, getting the equipment in. So like, like what stinks is we have, we have a, I think we have like 45 or 50. Yeah, we have 45 or 50 Xboxes with like cases uh, with 2K20 uh, that the kids, you know, we could have given out to the kids, but we couldn't get into the schools because uh, the schools got shut down. So we could have, you know, tried to give out 50 of our, our Xboxes to the kids so they could participate. Um, but we didn't get there in time to be able to do it. And obviously with everything being locked down, but I mean, you know, there's not really much else. Um, the kids that have it get to participate, which kind of stinks. 
Well, it doesn't stink, but it, it's a tough because we've always wanted this to be, you know, anyone can play. Yeah. Um, so now there's kind of limits on it, which, which makes it like a little tough. That does, uh, that does kind of suck, um, especially because of the way you've been talking about it this whole time. It is really to help those kids that do not have that opportunity. So I'm assuming that will continue, especially in the New York City area, and hopefully organically grow from there. But if there is an opportunity to have this go nationwide in some capacity where you can help all these other kids, just because you know they have an Xbox doesn't mean they don't, you know, they, they can still learn and they can still become better human beings for it. So, you know, there's always that positive outlook on it. So again, man, I think that is, it's just so cool. And what are like, what is that like North star? What is that trajectory point that you guys are trying to reach out? I never, I don't want to ask like, what does it look like in five years? But like, what is like, where's the compass pointing and what is it? What does that look like? It's simple. It's one thing. Uh, I want the 2K League to to basically adapt. You know, even right now, I was like, I, I I reached out. I sent the email to the league saying, "Hey, let's roll this every." Um, it may not be up to the NBA standards, but hey, it's just me. It, it's just one guy and and you know four interns basically that that have been curating this whole thing. Um, so realistically that that's the goal is, is I want this to be in, in basically every major city market that, you know, build, build an audience, get kids to learn, learn the sport. Um, so I could, I could then move on to baseball. That would be nice, man. I'm all for that. Let me get this, let me get basketball done so I can move. So I can move to baseball. I love it, man. And yeah, I mean, reaching out to the NBA, uh, it's crazy. If you actually, I reached out to Adam Silver and I actually got a response, not from Adam Silver, but someone responded to me, which I just thought was cool enough. So I'll take that. But um, no, man, I think again, you know, starting in New York is a great place to do it. It's, it, it is a, you know, I actually had this conversation last night. It's a basketball town. Um, basketball hasn't been good there for like, 30 years almost but it is a basketball town through and through so all the knicks have to do is just like be 500 and that place goes crazy um but yeah hopefully hopefully there's other cities that can get involved and as you i mean there's what 30 nba teams if you can get into each of those cities i think you can do some damage and really start to help a lot of people around the country and you know just let it spread organically from there so awesome man jad this was absolutely fantastic i appreciate your stories on the Red Sox and in minor league baseball in Germany. And now what you're doing with esports in the NBA 2K league, Jad Schmelzer, director of esports at the center of educational innovation, CEI sincerely appreciate your time today, man. Thank you, man. It was, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Jad. As I said, just such a cool dude, the way he's going about what he's doing, I think is absolutely fantastic. Getting kids engaged through video games. I mean, how much smarter could you possibly get? Make sure to please follow Jad on all of his socials. Everything is in the show notes. Please make sure to give us a five-star review, subscribe, share these awesome, awesome stories with all these people. I would really, really be grateful for that. And thank you so much for your time. It's the only thing we don't get more of, so I appreciate you giving me some of yours, and I hope you make it a wonderful day. Yes!